right, so for anybody just tuning in, you probably already know this is uh, episode five. I think it's five. Five? Yeah. Five. I think so. Yep. Of Coffee with the Captain. I actually have my coffee cup. It does have a little Jameson in it. I have my coffee cup. <laughs> Coffee's but, for losers. Yeah, it is coffee. <laughs> A little Irish coffee. Mm-hmm. He's just got Sprite. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, anyway, let's go ahead and and get started, I guess. So, again, my name is Captain James, and I run a fishing charter here in Pensacola called A Latte Fun Fishing. And I'm Captain Richard. I run uh, R&R, saltwater fishing. Uh, I'm Scott Addis. I, I don't have any charters. I do run uh, surf fishing trips, though, um, and I have a YouTube channel called Gulf Coast. And... All right, so now that we got that out, to, today, like Scott said, we're going to talk a little bit about inshore fishing and uh, beach fishing. So we were actually... Uh, <laughs> off camera we were just talking about uh if you were new to an area if you were just coming into pensacola if you'd never fished here before where would you go to say catch a redfish um the the first thing i would i would do if i was new to an area like i was um a year ago almost to this date a little bit longer but uh I would hit some uh, local tackle shops and stuff like that and just try to get the, the people that run these businesses to um, try to give me a little bit of intel. And I'm not asking for exact spots, but um, I would just I would like to just kind of see, you know, where they're saying like, oh, this bridge, you know, like Bob Sykes Bridge. That's, a, that's an amazing place to go out at night and uh, target bull redfish. Um, I've caught slots out there. I mean, like, like my biggest one right now is 43. Um, I, I when I when I'm new to an area, what I like to do is I I just find water, um, and then I go and I you know like I found this spot that I want to go check out using you know Google Earth or any any just satellite imaging, and I look for you know where you have a flat that kind of turns into sand or something like that because those fish are going to be running. <laughs> You know, like, let's say here's grass and here's sand. They're going to be running that edge, looking for bait pushing off the sand, bait coming in off these grass beds and stuff like that. Um, I always, I've always known that fish love structure. So if you can find any type of structure, whether it be, you know, a rock pile, jetties, a pier, uh, a bridge, anything like that, you know, no matter what, there's going to be a fish there at all times. So... My favorite thing to do when I first come to an area is I, I find structure. That's that's always been my go-to. That's always been my, even when I'm freshwater fishing looking for bass. You know, I want to find, you know, let's say I walk the bank and there's a tree laying down on the bank. I know that if I, if I pitch a bait into that tree that there's probably going to be a fish in it and the odds are pretty good. Uh, so the first thing I do is... Let's say, like, when I first moved here, I, I went to Bob Sykes Bridge a lot. Um, it's the bridge that goes from Gulf Breeze to, Pen- or to Pensacola Beach, and I went out there with live shrimp, live pinfish, and I just I started pitching baits down by the structure, and, you know, it, it paid off. It, it doesn't matter. And even if you don't have live bait, you can take some mullet out and cut them up and use cut bait, and it's just you, 
it's not real hard to find fish if you find structure first. That's so let, what I do. Let me slow you down just a little bit. So how did you find Bob Sykes Bridge? Um, honestly, uh, when I moved here, I, I came last October, I think it was, and my mother told me as we're going over the bridge, going to the beach, because, you know, everybody when they're a tourist, they go to the beach. My mom told me that, hey, there's, you know, there's a fishing pier down there that you really need to go check out. Okay, cool. So that's what I did. Okay. <clears throat> and, it, and it's the same with Three Mile. Uh, when I originally drove into Pensacola, I went across the old Three Mile Bridge. Now I guess it would be called, right? Uh, now that we have the new bridge is built, which I wasn't here when I moved here. But um, I, I saw, I, you know, I, I saw the, the the people fishing on the, you know, on the old, the drive-on bridge. And I was like, oh, that might be a cool spot. I need to go try that out. Okay. So uh, what side of the bridge is more productive for you? Uh, on Bob Sykes Bridge? On Bob Sykes. I don't really fish the north side of the bridge as much as I should um, because I, I like that side of the bridge. There's a lot of rocks and stuff like that. Um, usually I go to, you know, where, like, where the Grand Marlin is. Mm-hmm. I usually go to that side, and uh, there's, I actually have one spot that I, I can't tell everybody, but there's one spot on that bridge that I've always caught fish at. Yeah. Always, and I know I, every time I go to that bridge and fish that one spot, I catch a fish. So, with them closing the ends of the bridge off, does that affect the, the fishing you have right now? Oh gosh, I I really like the ends of the bridge. Yeah, and I, I've been out there a couple of times since they closed them down. Have you Have you been under it to see why they closed it down? Yeah, yeah, no, I've seen it. I, I went under there in a kayak, and it, it's very sketchy. Um, the the bridge is basically crumbling into pieces under that bridge, and there there is a reason that they closed it down. So, if I was you, I I probably wouldn't go down there because at any given second, all you see is concrete, rebar, concrete. There's no actual concrete touching concrete on some parts of that bridge. So it is kind of sketchy, but I have been out there. Let's let's just say that. Um, but the the Second time I've ever fished the Gulf Breeze side of that bridge was about a week before I went on vacation not too long ago, and I caught a sheep's head. Yeah. We spent probably an hour, two hours out there. We went out, I'd say about 3 o'clock. So, you know, it gets dark, 4.30, 5 o'clock, it's, it's getting dark, and we were, we were rolling out. But we stayed in one spot for way too long. Um, right where, you know, you're walking out to the end of the bridge and where they had the gate at. Mm-hmm. We stayed there for almost the whole time. And I moved in a little bit closer because I was like, oh, we just, we need to go hop these pylons and find where these fish are. And sure enough, sure enough, I went like two pylons down, pitched a fiddler crab up into the pylons, and five minutes later, I, I had a sheep's head. Right. So it's it's a cool spot. I, li- I like Sykes Bridge. I love it, actually. I've caught a lot of fish out there. So Scarlett wants to know what the best fishing poles for kids to start with. Something lightweight. You know, I if I, if I was a, a, a young kid, you know, like three, four years old, mm-hmm. they have this thing at Walmart. It's called a dock demon. And I know you know what it is, and I know you know what it is. It's, it's a bad mamma jamma. You can go out there and catch five-pound largemouth on it. You can, I mean, you can – there's just – it's – you need to get something that a kid can hold, a kid can have, to where they're not like you know carrying around a seven foot star.
the dock demon. I mean, it's just a little push button, throw it, let go of the button, and it goes out. Or a Zebco 33. There's just so many small, just get something small, light, little, that the kid will be in control of at all times. Yeah. That's that's what you want, is so them to be happy. That's what we started my son out with, and my daughter, they all got little Zebcos. Uh, when my son now, he's, he's graduated to a spinning reel. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, yeah, I'd start off with, with something small like that, a Zebco, you know, a little, little cheaper rod and reel to make sure that they're, they're interested, keep them interested, and then as they progress, buy them better stuff. I agree. Now, here's something that's pretty important, though. The uh, little Zebco 33 mm-hmm. and the Dock Demon are not really going to be saltwater friendly. No, take so you, care of them. You really yeah. have to make sure that you're cleaning those off, and yep. and by that, just just rinsing them in clean water really helps. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. If you don't do anything else, most people don't do real maintenance. No, not at all. Not, <laughs> and it's sad to see. It really is. Yes, it is. Um, and by. See, my biggest thing is, is like, I go to tell somebody, make sure you just rinse your rods off, you know, when you get done. People go and douse their rods in water. Oh, That's did. not what you want to do. I do. Do you really? But I, I take I take mine apart. I grease them. Okay, yeah. Them. See, that's a lot. A lot of people don't don't <laughs> so, have, don't do that type of stuff. I have to because we use them so, yeah. <clears throat> they get used so heavy. And just in, in my boat in general, just running, especially if we're mm-hmm. offshore. Almost no matter where you put the rod, they're going to get salt spray. It's going to get oh, salt yeah, 100%. spray. 100%. And, you know, even the ones you don't use, the ones that you've got stuck down in the gunnel, you know, I always take a sabiki rod out, rigged up, mm-hmm. ready to go. And even if we don't use that sabiki, at the end of the day, I still have to rinse that off. It's going to yeah. be covered oh, in yeah. salt water. And I've forgotten, so I, I know the effects. And if you don't take the handle off and, and take things apart and you just rinse them, that salt builds up in there. It gets in every little crack and crevice. That's why I really like the spin fisher, you know, where, where at least it's sealed. And you can tell as soon as you pull it apart, you can tell if, if water's gotten in there, if you've got seal issues or anything like that. So, uh, no, I do soak them down pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I spray them off and like, if I got uh, salt away, I'll hit them with some salt away. But yeah, I mean, as far as maintenance goes, that's that's going to be the top thing is maintain maintain whatever you have. If you want them to last, take care of them. Well, for a charter <laughs> guy too, I mean, obviously, you know, we're out of season right now. Oh, yeah, you know, the weather's cold. Everything's been torn. You're down getting blown off. <laughs> yeah, we're getting it's blown out. It's pretty windy today. Um, this weekend, you know, coming up, we've got what is seven to nine foot seas. I think tomorrow. Oh, wow, that sounds fun. So yeah. So, you know, this is the perfect time. You you get a little bit of downtime, you pull your rods apart, you clean them real well, grease them oil and put them back together. And there's there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, If you go to the YouTube channel over this winter, I'm going to be posting some videos um, showing exactly how I maintain my stuff. And I I follow the manufacturer's directions. That's a good thing. That's how I do them. There's probably an easier way, um, and there may be better products, but when it comes to maintenance on my equipment, if it's my motor's a Yamaha, I buy the Yamalube. Yeah. 
yeah, if, if it's a, a pen reel, I buy the pen grease. That's what it was designed for. I'm sure there's cheaper products that work just as well or better. I just buy what the manufacturer recommends. And then that way, too, if I have to warranty it, it's covered. And y- Yamaha knows if you're not using Yamalube oh, yeah. and oh, you yeah. have an engine failure and you take it in, they know what their oil looks like <laughs> and they won't warranty it. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing is buying all the Tahatsu stuff. Even though I could use Honda brand, I, right. I use Tahatsu. So, yeah, that's what they um, want. And you, I see a couple of reels that you brought. Oh yeah, always. So. I like to I like to bring my babies with me. Yeah. They're, uh let's see what you brought, man. Um, so the first one that I will show you is this is a um, it's a Saint Croix, uh, Mojo Inshore, uh, seven seven, medium. Me, it's a medium action rod, but it's got a fast tip, and I, I like the fast tip because. You really can feel the bite um, whenever these fish pick your bait up. You it's, it, the the rod tip is so light that any little any little jerk you like when you're holding your braid waiting for a bite you really can feel it up. But it's got a a pin conflict uh, three thousand on it, fifteen pound Invisa braid. Right now I, I just have a little pompano jig tied up because we went out and played around a little bit the other day in the surf. But uh, this is. It's a killer. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I just got it not too long ago. I'm really excited to, uh, like I, I have a 500 subscriber giveaway on my YouTube channel. I'm about to do, and I'm gonna take this bad boy with me and see see really what it's made of. Cause right now I tried to stop some red snapper with it out at Pickens Pier, but it it just couldn't handle it. Uh, it's just a 3,000, like I said, 15-pound braid. Uh, you can't go stop a 20-pound snapper in the pylons with a 3,000. I don't care who you are, what you do, where you live. It's impossible, basically. Uh, but that's that one. That is a, <laughs> that is a great rod for sheep's head, though. Yeah, the the fast action tip in, for sheep's head because sheep's head they're so finicky and their light their bite is just it's so soft. It's super light. All you feel is that thump. But whenever you you know you go out there with a medium heavy, and it doesn't have the fast action tip, that that thump isn't a thump. It's like a, you know, what I'm saying? like it's 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 really hard to pick up sheep's head. My just, those uh, I what I've been using are the uh, battle four thousands. Yep. Man, that's tough. Oh, I'm sure it it's is. it's tough. It as light as that rod is, because I'm so used to the bigger stuff, the big game stuff. But you, you know, it feels, it's a good redfish rod. It, you know, it's a good, it, it's good for a lot of stuff. But pinfish <laughs> and sheep's head, that's actually tough. It makes it really sporty. And you you don't get that same sensitivity that you do no, you with the, the, the faster tip and the lighter rod. The the fast action tip makes a huge difference. No matter really no matter does. what your any type of fish that you're going for, um, it's it's. Well, I normally do uh, on most of my spinning reels. I've got medium action rods, yeah. yep. regardless of the size of the rod, and then uh, uh, just because I don't want a broomstick, and then I'll still <laughs> yeah. go with the fast tip. Yep. So I have that that sensitivity. But if it's a you know fifteen to thirty class rod, yeah. <laughs> this is pretty pretty thick. And I, I did have a, a custom rod made by Chaos, and uh, got my logo and stuff put on it and the sailfish and nice. uh, 
I, I think I'm going to have Dean Ryan uh, mm-hmm. make me a couple rods this year with the logo on it for the boat. He's good at what he does, that's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. So I'm kind of excited about that. Oh, yeah. So back to uh, what we were saying on the inshore fishing. Uh, and you kind of touch base on it, and we, we went kind of quick, so I'm going to go over it again. So new to an area, Google Maps yep. is is a awesome help to help you find a water, not just the water, but where you can access the water. Yeah, oh, because 100%, especially fishing from shore. As an uh, inshore you fisherman. You can't go anywhere and fish wherever you want to, you know. It's, it's tough. Yeah. You see good spots sometimes on the map. And you, you can't get, get to them. <laughs> oh yeah, I know of a, I know of a couple. It's like, Lord, if I could just get there, you know, <laughs> if I could just get there. But sometimes it's a trek, and I I've traveled all over the country, and I I really used to keep a rod behind the seat, and or behind the seat of my truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, everywhere I went, if I saw a mud puddle, I would stop and fish it. Oh yeah, got to you know just see what if is if. if you know, if there's anything in there, farm ponds, I'd stop and fish them, little creeks and rivers and stuff. Um, but sometimes that that was always one of those deals you're driving by and you can see the, you can see the water. So it's not that far. You know, I may have to climb a fence to get to the water. But, uh, you know, usually if you can see the water, it's, it's easy access. Some of the places that you'll see on on the map are actually pretty difficult to get to. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. four hundred yards sometimes. Yeah, through the woods, walking down yeah. a railroad With track to get on. to. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I've been there before. So, but the using the Google Maps and you can zoom in. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them, and I've actually got an app, a navigation app on my phone does the same thing it'll give you a satellite image but it also gives me the water depth yeah and you can kind of see a contour on some of them right like, you know where the water's like like out at pensacola beach the water is you where know beautifully clear yeah it's beautiful but then you can see where it starts to get darker yeah that's like the drop-offs and stuff like that you can see the same thing inshore just like you can on the beach if you look you'll see you know the the sand flats that kind of roll through and then you'll see where the grass starts Right. And that's the areas that I, I personally, I like to target those areas. You know, I'll it, walk up to the edge of the sand and we'll pitch a bait out. It, it depends on uh, what type of fish I'm targeting that day. And for me, I like live bait. Oh, so if I've got live bait, that kind of starts pushing me toward, you know, if I've got shrimp, well, these are the fish that I'm going to target. You yeah. know, if I don't yeah. have, if I... If you go to the bait shop and they're sold out of shrimp, you know, mm-hmm. so now I'm throwing a cast net. If I'm on mullet, I'm I'm going to target different species, you know, than if I'm on menhaden. Yeah. yeah. Or e- yeah. even white bait. You know, if I've mm-hmm. got LY, I'm, I'm fishing a little bit different. But that is more from the boat than, than shore. <laughs> yeah. But again, yeah. It, it's it's always different. You know, live bait from shore can be... You can get it. It can be really, really kind of tough Mm -hmm. to to fish it the same way we do it out of a boat. Oh, yeah. I agree. Sometimes, like, shore bait spots are more productive than 
hopping in the boat. And driving <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. And, and so, that was something right. I, w- I wanted to mention when you were talking about going to the bridge and walking all the way out to the end and, and staying there too long that first time. The, the bait is generally going to be closer to shore in shallow water. Yep. 100%. And it, it goes there for a couple reasons. One, that's where the plankton goes, and it, it dead ends. You know, it can't, it can't go any further. So they're going there, and they're also, they know if they get into the skinny water that the bigger predator fish are hanging out just at that drop-off. Mm-hmm. So they're they, more visible, it's, too, it's I think. safe. They feel safer in that skinny sure. water. Uh, but fish do get up in there. Oh yeah, you see 100%. big red fish in oh, yeah. you know three inches of water. That's a trip. You watch <laughs> tails it, hanging half. You know, out. chase a bait up on almost up onto the. Sh- cool thing about bridge fishing it like let's say when the Spanish mackerel are running through the bay, everybody in Pensacola is catching Spanish. But you could you could walk onto you know any bridge in Pensacola, even like uh, Pickens Pier. You would go to Pickens Pier. Oh yeah. Throw your bait net one time. You know, I throw a I think it's a eight or nine foot three eighths mesh bait net. And I would throw it one time, and <laughs> I would have so many ly, I wouldn't know what to do with them. Like literally, I would have to like throw half of them and back in the water and let the them mullet live were day. real thick there too. Oh lord! At the same yeah. time, I love mullet. <laughs> Mullets are one of my favorites. And that was a great spot to catch a mullet, mm-hmm. put it right on a hook, and send it right back out. Because you know they're after them. The fish knew that the bait were was there too. Mm-hmm. So that there was a. Uh, that was pretty fun fishing. Oh, we 100%. we waded out and fished that. Oh, that, that was pier. that was fun. <laughs> That's a beautiful place. Out and the, there. the water was still warm enough, you know, that you could get in and and it I'm wasn't freeze. too bad. Now it's actually I was out there yesterday. Chilly. I was out there yesterday. It wasn't <laughs> too bad. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not even saying that to be. It, it wasn't I, too bad. What what day was that? Yesterday. Uh, <laughs> no, I think oh, last okay. last Sunday I was in about probably knee deep. Out on the beach. Oh, I didn't go that deep. And it was a little chilly. I like my. I was just getting my feet wet. <laughs> <laughs> just so I can get just a catch. Wash. That's all I need. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. So, Rich, do you still do much inshore fishing? I do some, but it's mostly from a boat. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not. It's not all the time land fishing. Uh, with the weather the way it is now, yeah, I've, I've been doing a little more, but not not as much as I'd like. <laughs> Kayaks are I, fun too. Kayaks are fun. I Lord. I don't have an actual fishing kayak. Can you rod in it? Well, yeah. Can you hold a rod in it? Yeah, I put then rod holders. Of course, I installed rod holders in it. You know, you fish I, I got the <laughs> I got What's the that? little Pelican West Marine, you know, kayak, and uh, we actually got them just for exercise. Yeah, me and the wife, we got two of them. Um, and and I, I was looking at the fishing kayaks, and I kind of laugh, and old, old Bud Pope was giving me a hard time about, man, why don't you just, you know, put another couple hundred dollars with it and buy yourself a, a little skiff. Mm-hmm. Might as well. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I could. Some of these kayaks, they the prices are... Ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's like yeah, they're nice. I have to get me one of those. I don't. I don't have fifteen hundred dollars. The big tuna or whatever. They oh call. yeah, yeah. I'd have to get one of those because it's like fourteen foot long, holds like five hundred pounds. So that'd be me and like a rod. 
But that's <laughs> but that's that's, uh, that's actually a really good kayak if you want to go offshore. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. You, you wouldn't need it if you were just going to be around the bay, but... I'd take my you know. kayak offshore. I ain't scared. It's 10 foot. I mean, hell, I'd be all right. Mine is like a canoe. <laughs> Let's go then. I'm ready. It's, I don't... I think it's not now, supposed to yours sink. Is, yours is different. Mine is a sit-in. The sit-ins, I would not take that off. Because you <laughs> take neither. one wave and a sit-in and you're... Yeah, down. there's no See, keel on it. So when you, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I can do that. I, I grew up floating and fishing rivers and streams and stuff, and I, I can do that. But it's still not fun. Yeah, it ruins your I day. Can imagine. Then and you're I, soaking I, wet, and you got all your gear with you and stuff like. It's just I've got all the the dry pouches and all mm-hmm. that stuff to put your phone in, and but you, you know, flip it over us. You know, yeah, you're done for. It's, it's like me and my kayak. It sucks. I, I and really, this time of year, especially. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Cause it's then you're just cold, cold and wet. And you just want to pack it up. Yeah, I'm done. Make the rest I'm, of your day. <laughs> and then both your rods are sitting at the bottom of Pensacola Bay. <laughs> so I've got you, a couple there now. <laughs> when, when you're fishing from shore, what what's your preferred rig? You know? It really depends. Uh, it, it all depends on what I'm targeting. Um, I've if I was to just to go out to any place inshore and use one rig, it'd probably be a Carolina rig. Honestly, I mean everybody uses them; they they work great. Um, depending on what size fish, how the current is, you know, your weights change, your swivels change, your leaders change, your hook size change. You you really have to adapt to what you want to do. Like if I'm going out to you know target bull redfish, um, and I'm using a live pinfish, a one ounce weight's the smallest I'm going to use, and I've, that's if the currents hardly moving at all. Mm-hmm. I'll go two, three ounces if I have to, and I'll use, you know, 20, 30-pound fluorocarbon with, you know, a two a two to three-foot leader on it with five to seven hooks. That's what, that's just kind of how I roll. But, you know, let's say you're going out to target sheep's head. Mm-hmm. I'll use, you know, half ounce, three-quarter ounce. One ounce is like max. If you, if you go heavier than a one ounce for sheep's head, you're probably not going to feel it hit when it hits because it's, it's either the wind's blowing too hard and pushing your bait the current's moving too fast. Something's going. Sheep's head are—they're really hard to catch. It's, and mangrove snappers the same way. A mangrove, I use a one ounce at all times. Mm-hmm. And if you, and twenty, ninety-nine percent of the time I have twenty-pound fluorocarbon on. Yeah. And whether it's a five to seven alt circle hook, a size two J hook, a size four live bait hook for sheep's head, you know, no matter what it is, Carolina rig is—it's a go-to inshore. You know, it's it's really simple to make, really simple to use, but it's effective. It catches fish. I know it catches fish. You know it catches fish. You know it catches fish. It works. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? One one really neat advantage, I think, of of having a boat is being able to test theories on the fly. Yeah. 100%. And by that, I mean the last sheep's head uh, – fishing trip i was on i had a couple guys on the boat and they're both fishing 12 pound fluoro leader a lot of people and i grab a rod and tie a hook on and i had 30 pound mono and i put the exact same hook they're they're using my size one hooks you know i tie a hook on put a crab on it throw it out I watch both of these guys each catch two fish, mm-hmm. and I have not gotten a bite. It's called finicky. And I was giggling. 
because I, I knew, I just wanted to see, are they really leader shy? Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. can can they see that? The water looks stained. It had rained. It looks I, I got a funny today. story about that, too. So I, I did. I took the hook off. I put the 12-pound on, and immediately I throw it out, and I get a bite, yep. or it steals my bait. Of course. You know, and, and again, I'm still for. laughing because I... You know, I, I know that, that that was the key that day. Yeah. It, it wasn't the bait. We're all fishing the same crabs. You know, we've got the same size hook. But by the time I had retied and rebaited and all this, mm-hmm. they're setting about three or four fish apiece. Oh, yeah. I still haven't caught one. Lighter's always better. <laughs> you, know. you know, I mean, it's, oh, yeah, it, presentation is key for, for 90% of the fishing that you're going to be doing inshore. And lighter, the lighter you can go, the, the the more the more chance of hooking up you're gonna have. Well, presentation is key too, you know, even in a boat or offshore, mm-hmm. inshore or offshore, presentation is still What's gonna that? be that ninety percent. The, the legend, come on yeah. in, Mister Legend. What up? <laughs> Who else you yeah. got? What's going on, brother? I see. So the the key to inshore offshore any type of fishing is your your bait has to be natural. It doesn't matter what you do, how you fish it, how you use it. If your bait does not look like it's supposed to be there, they're not going to eat it. it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like it really doesn't. You can do anything you want to do, and, and it's just it's not going to work unless your bait looks like something they see every day. Yep. And it's re- I mean it's really simple. I mean it's. Well, it's simple to me, simple to you, simple to you, but there's several different methods you can use to make your bait look like that's where it's supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. You take you take a bull minnow 100, 100 miles offshore, probably not going to catch a fish. That's something they've never seen. All right, so Casey Bryant wants to know, what's the hardest species for you to personally target and succeed on a weekly basis? It depends on if we're talking about surf fishing or inshore fishing. On what you think, Casey? Surf fishing. It's just really it's a that's a hard shore. Because it is. I don't know, Casey. Is he one of my buddies? Beach fisherman? Nah, that's one of my buddies. Well, he he's got a boat. He's he's actually in Jacksonville right now. Oh, okay. He fishes. uh, I guess primarily uh, redfish, speckled trout, and and Uh, flounder. Is is he down for the meat mayhem tournament? Inshore. I'm okay. not sure. Yeah, he's, he's asking inshore. Okay. I think one of the hardest species to target, just in the Pensacola area, and I know there's a whole ton of them, but you really have to finesse them, and you really have to know what you're doing is flounder. Yeah. Oh, uh, I just, I mean, redfish yeah. are so easy to catch. Trout are so easy is to that, catch. Is that what he said? No, he's saying uh, he's in St. Augustine, not Jacksonville. I mean, you can really catch anything <laughs> here, no matter what you do, but I feel like, just for me personally, the hardest species of fish for me to catch is a flounder. Yeah, yeah, I'd say the same thing for me as far as that. It's flounder because they're, you know, they're 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 moving. A lot of times yeah. they're moving. Like now, you're not going to see them inshore. You're going to see them offshore. Mm-hmm. You know, it just depends on what you're, what really where you want to be that day and what you're able to go do, especially in the winter time. I would agree with that. Yeah, well, one, the, our white bait is not as plentiful. So if you're fishing artificial, and even off of, you know, I'm speaking from a boat. Yeah. But it's still difficult unless you're gigging. Mm-hmm. 
So I, yeah, I've always gigged for flounder. <laughs> That's gravy work there. But trying to get them to bite. An actual, you know, an actual live bait, bait is yeah. a whole lot different. Unless you're dragging bull minnows. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's you can go out and drag bull minnows, and you're gonna. You, there's a good chance you're gonna catch a flounder. It's like I just caught my first uh, my first flounder here, not not too too long ago. But I was in my kayak, I was fishing a rock wall that had rocks that came down off of it, and I was of course I was throwing a matrix pad, a matrix shad, <laughs> an ultraviolet with a three inch jig head, bumping it off the bottom. And I can't tell you all that spot. It's top secret. I'll show it to you, but I can't tell you. I, you can like, whisper it to me. I know I, where I, that, I'll whisper to you all day long. I know where that spot is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know where those rocks are. Yeah. And there's actually there's actually flounder that stack up there at times. Yeah. And I actually had two or three flounder that day. One of them was very big, or it felt very big. I mean, the one flounder I caught it, I think it was like 15 inches. It was a good flounder. But uh, the other two that I hooked, I... They were a lot bigger. That's Ooh. just they were doormats. My my girlfriend actually caught a gag grouper under that same. Hold on one second. Looking straight up your nose. Yep. <laughs> What's up, nostrils? Sorry, y'all. So it says I have more luck on artificial and fishing for flounder as you're covering more ground, and most of the time they're just sitting there. So you really have to work a large area. And get it to now. That is a misconception that that I, I I always thought because I was gigging flounder, mm-hmm. they just sat there. They won't move. They won't until, sit in the same until spot. I saw they but will you, chase a bait double, down. The They're double, very aggressive. You know, what I'm talking oh, yeah. about the double rig. You told me about it actually. I think mm-hmm. is like let's say you tie a bucktail to the bottom, and then you just put a hook on the top with let's say like a curly tail or something. I mean, just kind of bump that across. I don't know why it gets. Did some Richard fired tell up. you that? Yeah, he did. He, he was lying. It gets. Who what? I don't know. Some random dude out at Palafox. Random guy. Yeah, just some random dude. <laughs> I'll come there, Casey. You can show me how to catch him. <laughs> I'll show you how to catch him. I'll catch him. I, I would say. I just want to go fishing with Casey. It's been a while since. Flounder are hard to. Uh, they're very Hard finicky. to pin down. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to find the bottom they want, the structure they want, the bait they want. Like you, everything that you do to catch a flounder has to be what they want. It's, it's like it has to be the perfect scenario to catch a flounder, and that's like the only fish in. I feel like the only fish in Pensacola Bay it has to be like that. Like let's say we go out to Pensacola Bay and we're dropping live pinfish, live you know cut cigs, cut squid, anything like that. You can drop it on any wreck in Pensacola Bay and catch a fish. Catch something, yeah. Catch something, yeah. But flounder. But pulling flounder like that's not. A, there are a couple spots that you can do that. You can drop. Which was a, again, this was new to me because I had only ever gigged flounder mm-hmm. in shallow water. You know, uh, last year we went out, or two years ago, I guess it was, we went out and fished deep holes. For flounder. That's where they're at. And ended up pulling, and in the bay. Yeah. And ended up pulling them. So that was really interesting to see how that worked. Because I I thought there's no way. Mm. You know, I went with another charter captain and said, show me. I didn't believe it. A lot of people thought he was joking. Flounder up shallow. And we actually did catch him. Flounder on all rights up shallow in, you know, the sand flats. Because that's where you usually gig flounder. 
is in the actual sand flat. So you can see them just sitting there waiting for something to swim over them so that they can ambush. They're ambush predator. That's yeah. what it is. You have to put a bait in there. They're not going to chase a bait. You literally have to put a bait in their face for them to eat it. Well, that's what I was saying. I always thought that too. And then I saw the footage. I've got an underwater camera, mm-hmm. a Spydro camera, uh, in line. And we trolled some lures and then played the footage you back. Too, yeah. And the flounder will chase it. Well, yeah, once you get it in the, in their area. Once they, yeah, they saw you it. You can't just throw a bait out, you know, like a redfish, and they're like, oh, look, there, there's a mirrodine, you know, 10 foot away, and come up at it. Boom. You have to you have to get it in there. That's exactly vicinity. what my redfish say. They say, that's a mirrodine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to eat that thing. Oh, they still jump on there. Oh, yeah. They, they still jump on. They can't help it. it that's awesome does. lure. Oh, yeah, I love Miradines. What about you, bud? How are you going to catch a flounder from shore? Well, with a mullet net. <laughs> Net's the best way to catch I've caught him at Pick and Spear like that, yeah. throwing it, just throwing a net at bait. And, I, you know, I threw a net. It was a pancake. Boom, landed, drug it up, and there's two or three flounder out. They're in the fridge in the garage. Okay. I'm just trying to be a good host. Yeah, we <laughs> so uh we're we're probably coming to the end of this first one um if you if you jumped in late and you want to hear us bs and pretty much uh go check out the youtube channel a latte fun fishing we'll have uh, a recording up online mm-hmm. and uh you know we'll post it somewhere yeah i'll share i'll share the youtube link on i'll post it on my business page also on r&r saltwater fishing so we're we're gonna start doing this this first one's kind of um a trial run just to to see how we were gonna link everything up we've got multiple cameras going on in multiple Mm -hmm. angles uh kind of hard to keep up with yeah the one on (laughs) youtube is gonna look better (laughs) but uh as we do this a couple of times we'll get better at it and we're We'll be doing this uh, live, or we're going to try to do it. Yeah, we're going to try and do it live from next on, week. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll try it on at Frazier's. We'll, okay. I'll swing by there tonight and talk to him. So we're we're going to plan on doing one night next week, and we'll let you guys know in advance. But uh, uh, one night next week, we'll be at Frazier's Country Wines on Barrancas. On Barrancas. 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 Yeah. I guess I ain't <laughs> southern enough. Looks like Barakas to me. One of them are. Uh, Barankas. They're uh, nice fruit-based wines. They're all really good. Uh, ladies love them. And they, they, do have, they do have beer. Yeah, they do have beer. Yeah. Uh, bottle and can beer. Domestic import. But it's a, it's a neat little place. They uh, have live music mm-hmm. a couple times a week. Uh, it's really a chill, laid-back place. Got to come check it out. I think they put out some... Uh, Maybe some food at happy hour, but we'll we'll get more information for you guys and and let you know. Um, maybe even have some stuff to give away. We'll We're gonna see. discuss a little surf fishing too, just to let <laughs> y'all know at some point, either today, tomorrow, next week. Um, just because I know I know that a lot of people love surf fishing. That's what they like to do. We that would be something I feel like everybody would love to learn and know how to do. Would be go out to the beach. Have a good time, kick back, drink some beers, and catch some fish. Well, I mean, that's what you do, right? You, that's uh, what I do. You do a surf fishing or, or 
land-based charters. Yeah. Why don't you uh, tell uh, us a little bit about it? Um, so surf fishing is something I've, I've done for a long time. That's what I know how to do. Inshore is not new to me, but it's, it's new to me, if that, if that makes any sense at all. Um, surf fishing is a lot different than going inshore, finding structure, finding rock piles, just finding a di- – it's more – inshore is more of finding differences in the contour of the bottom. That's how you catch fish inshore. Well, tell us about your business and how how they can contact you if they're looking for okay, so, a fish charter. Um, on if you go to Facebook, type in Gulf Coasting Surf Fishing Trips, and that's how you can find me. Um, I charge one hundred fifty dollars for four people um, to go out for four hours of fishing. It's an additional twenty dollars per person, an additional twenty dollars per hour that we go fish. Um, there's a lot of good times to go surf. There's hitter. It's very hit or miss in the surf. Either you can go out and you can catch limits in an hour, or you can go out, sit there all day, and catch five or six fish. That's why you, if you feel like you can't go to the surf and consistently catch fish, you need to book a trip with me because I can go out there. I know how to read the water. I know what I need to do. I know what gear I need to have. I know what baits I need to throw to where we can go out, have a good time on the water, enjoy the beach, you know, enjoy, just enjoy sitting at the beach, watching the waves, and we can go out and catch fish. Um, it's it's kind of a complicated thing to learn how to do, especially if you're new to it. But there's certain ways, certain things, certain tricks that you need to know that I will teach you on these trips. It's not like you're just going to come on a trip, I'm going to bait your hook and throw it out there. What we're going to do is we're going to walk up to a spot. I'm going to show you what I see the the different it's just the different the different wave patterns like let's say there's waves crashing here waves crashing here there's no waves crashing like in the middle of them okay so we know there's a hole um you'll see the they, they crash on sandbars basically so if you're sitting in the Gulf of Mexico looking at the beach and you have waves coming at you and they're crashing and there's one spot in between the waves that there's no like white caps rolling you know it's deeper there um, I'm gonna stop you there man Book a trip. Yeah. <laughs> just book a trip. That's all you got. Just just come holler at me. Book a trip. Get on Facebook. Uh, Michael Lattice is my my name on Facebook. Just send me a message if you want to if you want to learn how to catch tri- uh, fish, and I'll take you out there and we'll have a good time and get on some fish. I guarantee it. I'm good. Y'all good. I love to take folks fishing. I can't guarantee you're going to catch a damn thing. <laughs> unless, unless, no, no guarantees. Unless you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Gulf Coasting, you're going to catch a fish. Even if I have to hook it up and hand you the rod, you can come out with me and Callahan or me and Richard, and we're going to get on some fish. I promise you. I'll come. I get the fish for free, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. Come out there with us. It'll be fun. You. You bring in the bottle. You'll see how, I'll, come, a, I'll come. I'll come. This is your bottle, but you'll yeah, see I'll how. Still come. Bring the bottle. I'll come. You'll see how I whisper to him. It's yeah. all. It's a technique. That and for y'all that do. don't know, this is the fish whisperer. I'm the whisperer. Michael Scott Addis. Yes, sir. You know it. <laughs> all you gotta do is you just gotta. It's Jay, real simple. Casey said you know, he don't have to pay the hundred and fifty dollars because you gave it all away. That's why I tried to stop you. <laughs> yeah, you can't give it all. Oh, away. Oh, I didn't give it all away. <laughs> little, you don't know. little pieces. Little pieces. All, all I showed you was how to find a hole. <laughs> it's not that we, simple. We hope you guys understand what the whole Taylor point. Taylor wants to know how do you whisper for croaker? How do you whisper for croaker? Yeah. Well, you kind of catch them bull croaker. What you do is you just kind of go, <laughs> and then they come. It's really simple. It works. There you have it. Taylor. It's magic. The, the whole point of uh, our podcast is basically uh, 
hopefully you guys get a little bit of entertainment out of it. 100%. If you learn something, great. Uh, but we're hoping that we're we're entertaining. We're entertaining ourselves. So we're hoping we're entertaining you as well. I like to be entertainment. But there, there's entertainment and there's informational. And if you combine those two, that's all That's all the person needs to get yin through their day. Yin and yang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. You weave them together. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're going to shut this down. We out. We out. We're out of here. Captain Richard, R&R, Saltwater Fishing. Scott Addis, Gulf Coasting on YouTube. Check me out if you ever haven't. Please subscribe because I'm going to do another giveaway when I get to 750 subscribers. I'll let you guys know what it is, but y'all keep coasting. All right. And as always, I've been Captain James, hoping you have a latte fun fishing.